Before we dive into today's episode, I want to share an exciting opportunity with you. The Breaking Free Workshop will teach you a step-by-step guide to turn your passions into profit. Join us for a transformative experience where you'll learn how to smash through your career plateau with a personalized plan in five strategic steps, avoid common mistakes that could be holding you back, and identify critical actions for the next month to accelerate your progress toward your goals. Don't miss this opportunity to take control of your career destiny and create the lifestyle you desire. Your first workshop is free. Register now for the Breaking Free Workshop. Visit smashingtheplateau.com slash workshops for all the details. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash workshops. What I want to inspire people to do is to really consciously think about what do I want to do in the second half of life? You know, what, what sort of work do I want to do? You know, I, I come to work at the first half of life because I have to. I have to pay the mortgage. In the second half, we get the opportunity, some of us anyway, to think about I come to work because I want to. I don't come to work because I have to. But that takes conscious thought. What do I really want to do? Where can I give back? Where can I use my skills in the best way? Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. I'm David Schreiner-Khan, your guide and community builder. Smashing the Plateau is more than just a podcast. We're a platform offering resources, accountability, and camaraderie to high-performing professionals who are making the leap from the corporate career track to entrepreneurial business ownership. In today's exciting episode, we're joined by two remarkable individuals who have harnessed the power of conscious choices to redefine their midlife journeys. Paul Ward, affectionately known as the Consciousness Whisperer, is a leadership and life coach with a wealth of experience empowering individuals to navigate life and career transitions. Alongside him, we have Sandy Demarest, the founder of Demarest Directions, a career development coach focused on guiding professionals through their midlife and beyond with transformative coaching and retreats. Together, Paul and Sandy co-authored Midlife, New Life, a book that acts as a beacon for those standing at the crossroads of midlife offering insights on how to chart a fulfilling path forward. In this interview, they'll be unraveling the threads of midlife transitions, exploring the challenges of involuntary work changes, and providing wisdom on how to use your inner strength and outer resources to step confidently into entrepreneurship or any new endeavor that calls to you. Whether you're a corporate refugee contemplating your second act, a seasoned entrepreneur seeking deeper fulfillment, or someone simply looking for guidance as you pivot in your personal or professional life, this episode promises to illuminate the possibilities that midlife holds. So tune in as we dive into an insightful conversation that could very well be the catalyst for your own midlife new life. Now let's welcome Paul Ward and Sandy Demarest. Paul is a leadership and life coach, sometimes known as the Consciousness Whisperer. He is president of Too Young to Retire, a coaching, consulting, and training company. Paul is the author of the book, The Inner Journey to Conscious Leadership. He is an adjunct professor at the University of Phoenix Online. 
Paul has spent more than 30 years consulting to organizations in Europe and the Americas. He divides his time between West Palm Beach, Florida and Portsmouth, England. For more than 25 years, Sandy has worked in career development, coaching, and training with leaders and professionals embarking on their next life and work role. Her focus is supporting people midlife and beyond to proactively chart their future to envision a fulfilling destination beyond full-time work. As the founder of Demarest Directions, a coaching and training business, Sandy focuses on transitions, midlife and beyond coaching, and aging well with purpose and vitality. She especially enjoys leading group coaching programs, speaking and hosting Rewire Retreats. Sandy and Paul are the co-authors of a new book, Midlife, New Life, which will be published shortly. Paul and Sandy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Yes, happy to be here. Let's start with you, Paul. What inspired you to write Midlife, New Life? Well, it's a long story, but I'll keep it short. You mentioned 30 years of uh, of consulting, and it's been a transition since then. I think uh, if I think about the story of the book, the seeds of the story are uh, really in the book Too Young to Retire, which uh, uh, was written and published by Marika and Howard Stone 20 years ago now. Howard was the founder of the company Too Young to Retire. And so uh, we used to play tennis. We'd, uh, we'd go into the same church. We often had breakfast and lunch, and, and after a lot of unexpected events, I took over the organization Too Young to Retire back in 2012. Part of that was an agreement to write a, a second edition of uh, Too Young to Retire, the book that Howard and Marika had written. And uh, I got diverted into writing the Conscious Leadership book and then came back in well, four or five years ago to really focus on the too young to retire business. I love the coaching and we do a facilitator certification class. And so, but I didn't want to write it on my own. Uh, I'd written a book on my own. I thought it'd be nice to write a book with co-authors. And so with a lot of people in our mailing list, a lot of graduates from our program. And uh, after quite some rigorous searching, Sandy and Eileen joined me on this journey of writing this book. And I have to say, it's been, it's been a, a wonderful experience. The inspiration, really, I credit Howard and Marika Stone. They're, they still live close by me in, uh, in Florida, in uh, Palm Beach County. Uh, wonderful people. And uh, they're initially my inspiration for a lot of the work I've done over the last 10 years. Thank you, Paul. And, and Sandy, what, what brings you to be co-author of this book? Well, what first brought me to it was when Paul posted something in the Too Young to Retire newsletter that he was seeking co-authors. It sparked my interest, to be honest. I don't know if I thought right away, yes, I want to do this. I had never written a book before, but I thought, let me learn more about it, which I did. And I really thought about it. To be honest with you, coaching and training and educating was really what I did most of my career prior to my business. And during my business, I wasn't, I sort of half-heartedly periodically would say, well, maybe one day I'll write a book. I don't know how serious I was, but it really intrigued me. And by talking to Paul and Eileen, I got very energized and I thought, you know, this sounds exciting. I have a lot to share, though I haven't written a book. This will be new a growth opportunity for sure. And I love collaborating. So I, um, I jumped on board and it's been, as Paul said, 
It's been really quite a collaboration. We've only met twice in person and we all live in different parts of the world. So it's been really uh, just a growth experience that I really treasure and so happy I said yes. (laughs) Yeah. Sandy, what's the connection between the book and what you do in your business? There's a very strong connection because as you mentioned in my bio, I do work mid-career, mid-life and beyond. Though I have When I started my business, I worked with young people. I've worked with all different ages, but I had taken Paul's Too Young to Retire facilitator certification class, which is how I got to know Paul. And it came at a time when I just felt that that was such an important piece. My clients were in that mid-career and beyond, and they were struggling. They were kind of trying to figure out what's next. So my coaching is all around that. I work with organizations to help with retirement transition. So everything I do is pretty much mid-career and beyond, and it's transitioned to mid-life as well. So the book really captures and aligns with what I do very well. Paul, is there a target age for readers of the book? Yeah, that's a good question. People often ask, so what's midlife? And uh, midlife is not a is not an age, in my opinion. It's uh, a stage of life. I was having uh, lunch today with a friend of mine and, uh, you know, he and I are of a similar age. Midlife starts whenever you really want it, but it's a stage in life. And often I, I think about midlife as a, a time when maybe we've had a, a, a pretty good career, maybe a full-time job. But uh, children have left uh, left home, uh, careers are progressing, maybe we managed to pay off the mortgage, and we start to think about what what's next, what else is there? And that could be so, uh, it took about target age, it could be 50-ish, it could be 70 or even 80 or 90, really, because people are nowadays living longer and thinking about, well, what is next? I've done this. What can I do next? How can I contribute? So, uh, yeah, midlife is, uh, is, is really what you say it would be. Yeah. And are, you know, beyond the broad question of what's next, are there specific problems or challenges that the book is designed to address? Yeah. So uh, what we recognize in our coaching and in the, uh, the, the conversation we've had is that we all face different challenges, particularly in the second half of life. But they're often different, and they come unexpectedly. And so, you know, we start off with health. We start off by talking about living well. Health challenges affect us more in the second half of life, and they come unexpectedly. So what can we do to to prepare for that? We have financial challenges. Some of us are, are fortunate to save up for our second half. Others, not so much. We may go through relationship changes where, you know, financial issues come, come through. Uh, so there are, we may lose a job. So there's lots of issues around a lot of financial issues that people face in the second half of life. And it's, it's good to plan that, but it's also be able to respond to it. So for me, those are a couple of the early one, early important ones, uh, relationships I touched on using technology, you know, and this whole aspect of working. You know, whether we, as we transition later in life, some of us are fortunate to be able to let go of full-time careers and choose to give back or to work less or to go into an entrepreneurial world. So we talk in the book about working for a living or working for fulfillment. Now, sometimes we can combine the two. Sometimes we have to work for a living. Uh, Sometimes we can choose to be working more for fulfillment. It's, It's about consciously 
thinking about those things and consciously choosing which is important. So in the book, we've tried to cover all of those things. The book has 10 chapters or 11, really, and it's built around a conscious living wheel. And so the topics I've just talked about are, if you like, the outer elements of the wheel and the hub, the heart center is purpose. It's really about purpose, which really affects every other aspect of, uh, of that second half. Yeah. Could either of you talk a little bit about involuntary work choices that may occur midlife or later? For example, in the work that, that we do at Smashing the Plateau, our focus is corporate refugees, people that had, in some cases, may still have a corporate career. Um, usually it's somewhere between 20 and 40 years. So it's, you know, it's at least a couple of decades and their desire is to have more control over their, over their career destiny and to do it ultimately as an entrepreneur or, or self-employed. And what I've seen is that people make the transition by design or by circumstance, you know, so sometimes they're voluntarily making the shift and deciding to leave a corporate career and become independent. But quite often they get pushed out. And when you're midlife and beyond, ageism can make it very difficult to get another job if you want to. So sometimes becoming an entrepreneur is less of a proactive desire and more of a need. And other times it is, um, you know, it's very proactive and, and people, even if they get pushed out of a job, they still want to make it in their own business. I wondered if either of you could talk a little bit about what you've seen in the workplace and in the, the people that you have worked with or maybe interviewed for the book and what people can do about that situation. Yeah. So that's a lot of the type of people that I work with and both cases, some it is voluntary. And I think those folks, you know, I think they feel like, well, if I, I have a business I'm thinking about, but they get concerned about that's a risk. I'm not sure I want to take that risk. And then through conversation, we start talking about, well, what's, is there a risk if you stay? Like what is something can happen that's out of your control, whereas having your own business, you might be more in control. So it's obviously a process. Um, I think the folks that do it voluntarily may have a slight advantage because it may be part of their plan. They've given it some thought. Whereas, as you mentioned, there is absolutely, there is ageism. And I think I see it with a lot of my clients. And I think certain organizations and being the no of organizations, it's it's more prevalent than in others. The the hopeful part of me is hoping that there we're starting to create some age-friendly environments, but I think that's gonna take time. So I think when they are left with losing a job at a and somewhere in midlife, and it was completely unexpected, that it does become a big challenge. And so we talk about that and we talk about, you know, it's something you want to move and try and move to another organization. And often it becomes, I never really thought of being an entrepreneur, but this may be the best way that I can continue working without being concerned about ageism and that I can be in control of my own schedule. So I think a big part of that for me is the mindset piece, because if you have been working for somebody and now you're off working on your own, you know, really working on that mindset of, you know, growth and discovery and, 
you know, new and stepping outside of your comfort zone, all of those, all of those pieces, like trying to help people navigate that. Cause I think, I think that's where it really starts and really stepping back and looking at what, so you want to start a business, you know, of course, then it gets to what is it, what's your vision, what might that look like? And I'm really, I think those connections and those relationships of connecting with other people to me has been, number one, is very helpful to me when I was thinking about going down this path that I've been on for 14 years. But I think also just connecting with other entrepreneurs and finding out their path, their journey, what were the challenges? What do, what do I need? Like, what do I need to, what are the skills I need to develop? What do I need to learn? Yes, I've, I've, really experienced, but how can I take that experience and move it into a business perhaps when you haven't been in business? I mean, that creates even a bigger challenge. So I think talking about learning and growth opportunities and what may be needed. So, and I think having the support of others can be really helpful because it is scary. It's a bit scary. Yeah. Paul, is there anything you'd like to add to that? Thank you. Yeah, I think for me, it's, uh, and this is what we've tried to bring out in the book, is is about consciously exploring those possibilities. You know, some of us have the opportunity, and I had a 30-year consulting career, but as I transitioned over the last, well, the last consulting assignment was eight years ago, seven or eight years ago, and I very consciously made that transition, but not everyone can. You know, sometimes we have a health issue. Sometimes we let, let go unexpectedly. And, and, we never know when those things are going to hit us. So what I want to inspire people to do is to really consciously think about what do I want to do in the second half of life? You know, what, what sort of work do I want to do? You know, I, I come to work at the first half of life because I have to. I have to pay the mortgage. In the second half, we get the opportunity, some of us anyway, to think about I come to work because I want to. I don't come to work because I have to, but that takes conscious thought. What do I really want to do? Where can I give back? Where can I use my skills in the, in the best way? And that was really comes back to the purpose. You know, what's my purpose in life? So really it's an opportunity to consciously think about this early on in life, not when there's a crisis, the crisis. Yeah. We all, if we face crises in, in life, that's not the time necessarily to explore. Time to explore is when, when things are going well. What's, and think about what's possible. And for me, that's a great question. What's possible for me in that second half of life? I actually would love to go a little deeper about the issue of how to use consciousness to try to explore what's most important to you and how to, how to motivate you to take conscious steps as your next steps. But what happens when there is a crisis and then you realize that maybe you haven't spent the time you need to thinking consciously about what your next steps might be? How do you deal with both the crisis and the conscious thinking when the crisis comes up? Yeah, I think the awareness of... Um Awareness of yourself, I think, is the first, for me, is the first part, you know, self-awareness, so that when something does come up, you know enough about yourself to know how to react. Uh, so I think that's that's firstly important. The other thing for me, as always, is to seek help. You know, that that's something that both Sandy and I do in our professional life, is to help others. And I know a lot of people who are reluctant to to, to seek help. And we as coaches and mentors provide a, a sounding board 
we don't have the answers. We don't bring the answers. We don't bring the, you know, this is your career step. But we bring a sounding board. We bring questions to help people think through. And even in a crisis, uh, which is challenging, can be challenging, you know, we can help just be a, be a mirror sometimes and help people through that. And so we seek help for me is, uh, is a very important aspect of consciously thinking about, okay, I need help here. I can't do this on my own. And I just would add, I think for me, sometimes that help is helping folks to move into a community or a group of people. I think individual help can be great, but I know when I bring people together, sometimes I do a group coaching program and it becomes very successful for people because they have that automatic support, encouragement, sounding board, group of trusted advisors, whatever, however you want to put it, where that can be, I think, really helpful. I think you need to connect with yourself, but also connecting with others is valuable. Yeah, I, I certainly have. I can't echo that enough. Um, I've certainly seen in what we do in our community, the value of the peer interaction and peer support is really critical to everyone's success. You know, when someone feels comfortable enough to let their hair down and pose a question, you know, you mentioned, Sandy, that someone's going from a long corporate career to starting a business. There are a lot of new skills that you need and there are areas of growth. You know, for example, there are different business models you can use as a consultant or a solo professional. How do you know which business models might work? How do you know which business models might be suitable for you? How do you set prices? How do you negotiate? And some basic things like, what do you include in a contract? Not necessarily from the, the legal perspective, but if you want to have clear expectations on both sides, both as the service provider and, and for your clients, what's most important to include in a contract so that everybody's, everybody's clear on expectations and, and relationships are maintained because the most important thing is having a, a good relationship with your clients, especially if you want, want to have ongoing work. I'd love to hear a little more about the kinds of things in interactions with others that um, either of you have seen work really well? Yeah, I think if I were to start, and it's perhaps looking at the inner work that we have to do and the outer work we have to do. We have to do the inner work for ourselves to think about, you know, what what it, what is it that we're being called to do? And so that's an important part. Again, you can have guides to help you through that, but yeah, you need to have that, um, yeah, that inner work. And then it's the outer work of some of the things you've just talked about, just the practical things of, of setting up a business. You know, when I said that first time, I didn't know. I mean, I'm, I'm the, the business is based in Florida. I didn't know anything about Florida law. So, yeah, then you need different sorts of help. You need expertise in how you set up the business. And just as you said, the, there's the sort of contracts, the negotiation uh, how do you uh, how do you get clients? All those things. So there's a lot of practical things, but I, I like that thought of inner work that we need to do first, and then it's the outer work, the practical aspects. Yep, I'll echo some of that. I think the inner work, or sometimes I'll call it self discovery, and really stepping back and thinking about you know what do you want? I mean, now this is an opportunity. So what is it that's most important? to you that you want to, you know, bring to this business and what will the business look like? So I think that's 
I think that's really important. And I think when you can bring people together back to that theme, which is important to me and people I work with, I think they, you know, you can just do some brainstorming around it almost. So, so you start with that inner work or self-discovery and, you know, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what I think it might look like. This is a business model I think might work, but then just to have sort of others there to, to listen and just maybe to provide some feedback. So I think both of those are, I think you need the inner work and, and really the outer work too, but the more, you know, it's really finding that balance of the connection with yourself and back to just the bringing others in and connecting with them. And, and as Paul, you know, it's really that whole thing of ask, asking for help and having others be part of your team. Yeah. Well said. Before we close out, just want to give you each an opportunity to mention anything that I, I haven't asked you that uh, you think is really critical for our, our audience to hear. And I'll, I'll start with you, Sandy. Well, for me, one of the things, and it's a bit more revolved around the working piece because that is one of my key areas, though I think every area is important, is just to sort of think about like what's now and then maybe what's next. Because I think sometimes people get stuck in that, well, I know I can't do that. I'm too old. It's too late. That's not going to work. So I encourage people, I mean, I guess you could really almost call it a plan B, but I like sort of the the what's next. So this is what I need to do now, the working for a living. I need this income, but to, you know, go back to like what's possible and what could be possible next and create perhaps a possibilities list and just, you know, carry that with you and keep it in your mind as you're out and about talking to people, reading and learning. And maybe you feel where you are now and work isn't ideal, but I think it helps to look at what, what can be and what, what you want to do next. Thank you, Sandy. Paul? Yeah, I think what comes up for me is a focus on strengths. That question of what are my strengths? You know, there's lots of things I'd love to do, but I don't have some of the skills I need. And I don't necessarily want to go to training classes anymore. So, you know, what, what, what are my strengths? And let's use those to achieve our, our purpose, our goals. Uh, you know, where do, we, where do we want to spend our time? So I, I'm always a, a fan of the Strengths Finder uh, organization now owned by Gallup. But it's much more about building on your strengths than, than improving you on your weaknesses. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, finding out what your strengths are and using those to take yourself to the next level. Thank you, Paul. And did you want to mention something, Sandy? Well, no, I was, as Paul was talking, I sometimes use the phrase, what's strong versus what's wrong. You know, so really focus on the strengths. How can you leverage those instead of getting really caught up with the weaknesses? That's great. So if someone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, or get access to any of your your information, get in touch with you, and get a copy of your book when it's out, where would be the best place for them to go? Yeah, so thank you. The, for the book, the, uh, the website is midlifenewlife.net. So uh, midlifenewlife.net. So that's, uh, that's a, a place to learn a little bit more about the book, find out where you can get it, and find uh, a little bit more about us as authors and our story of the book. For me personally, tooyoungtoretire.com is the uh, is the website for for that side of the business, and it's the, it has the numbers. So number two, young number two, retire. Number, so too young to retire or drpaulward.com 
drpaulward.com. You can find me there, contact me through the uh, the contact page. Emails are there too. So uh, yeah, reach out. Great. Thank you. And Sandy, how about for you? So my um, professional information, my website is demarest, D-E-M-A-R-E-S-T, directions.com. And I also have a contact page and email address and would love to have anyone that's interested reach out. I'm also very active on LinkedIn and you can find me under Sandy Demarest and yeah, Facebook and Instagram. But I'd say LinkedIn and my website would be the two, the, the two best ways, as well as the book website that Paul mentioned. Thank you, Sandy. And I want to thank both of you, Sandy and Paul, for being guests on Smashing the Plateau. My guests have been Sandy Demarest and Paul Ward, co-authors of a new book, Midlife, New Life, coming out soon. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Making the leap from the corporate career track to entrepreneurial business ownership can be done more effectively when you follow a system. In our Breaking Free workshop, you'll learn the five steps to smash your plateau, craft a weekly progress plan, and avoid common mistakes. This workshop is for dreamers, risk-takers, and those ready to accelerate their business journey. Your first workshop is free. Visit smashingtheplateau.com workshops for details and to secure your spot in the next workshop. Don't miss out on this opportunity for a career transformation. That's smashingtheplateau.com workshops. Join us on our next episode of Smashing the Plateau for more wisdom from industry leaders. Until then, keep striving, keep believing, and keep smashing.